Good morning and welcome ladies. Welcome to Mom Power. So happy to have you here today. I'm going to turn the time over to BJ. Okay, thank you, Karen. Yeah, we do want to welcome you. And we're going to be discussing a little bit more about lesson four from Mom Power training. Things feel messy and stretchy at times and that that totally is okay. You know, everyone's life feels like that in some way at some point. And anyway, just Karen mentions that, in fact, that is God's plan for us is to navigate and be in the middle of those and also to see and feel the miracles and messages that happen right in the middle of that. And so we've watched that in and life-changing services, just to make sure that you all know, in case you're new, Mothers Who Know is an online faith-filled gathering place for all women who are wanting to support themselves and their loved ones in the best way as we face some of the common challenges of our time. And it's just a really powerful place to find connection and support and training. And also we love the word hope because it just rides over all that we want to have be a part of this. So if you haven't been to motherswhoknow.org, that might be how you found us this class, but that's just a great place to find a lot of different classes and webinars, podcasts, and things like that. And lots of those are free and please feel free to share those with friends or other people. So one thing that we love about this mom power training, this Christ centered series, it's just packed with a lot of spiritual and scientific truths and they weave together so beautifully in the eight lessons. And we love that you're, it's a self-paced type training that you can listen to when it's convenient for you. So Uh, Just a tiny bit about life-changing services. They are a group of Latter-day Saint therapists and professionals that have lots of different programs that provide gospel-centered training and healing for different challenges and issues that we're working with, like the trap of pornography, mental health concerns, marriage issues or things like that. So anyway, just know you can go to lifechangingservices.org to find out a little bit more about some of those programs. And we just want you to know that there's one other class that Mothers Who Know offers that you might want to be aware of. This mom power training is something that we just is easy to invite all women. We do kind of gear to Latter-day Saint women because lots of the pieces of this class are filled with Uh, words of the prophets and scriptures. And we love that as part of the the training and just welcome to share that with all, all women. This is a really great place. And today we have Maurice Harker, who's the uh, director of life-changing services. He'll be joining us today. He joins us the first Tuesday of each month to answer questions and share some things that he's been thinking about. And so that's just a a special opportunity as well. You can always go to motherswhoknow.org and look under the support tab for any of those things that I have mentioned. All right, Karen, we just really appreciate you. Thank you. Karen's been the parent support specialist for life-changing services and is the founder and director of Mothers Who Know. She is the one that put this mom power training together and just really appreciate how you love and serve women, Karen, and just thanks for being you. And we'll turn the time back to you, Karen. Thank you, BJ. So grateful for your assistance. Well, this is a really important lesson. And the reason why it's so important is because once we can identify that not every voice in our head is a trusted voice, and we work on that, and we have a a greater awareness of that, and we start listening to what things sound like, 
in our head and trying to differentiate between that's my thought and that's that's the Holy Ghost and that is not a trusted voice. That's that other voice the, where the adversary is trying to influence our thoughts because he knows that if I can influence her thoughts, that will affect her feelings. And then as her feelings grow, and it's kind of just like gravity, if you were to drop your pin on the ground right now, our human nature without our agency connected to it, or some of the spiritual gifts that we have, just naturally, like gravity, can easily easily be drawn to negative emotions about the situations and circumstances in our life. And because because our enemy knows that's the case, he he thinks, well, of course, I don't want people to find out that not every voice in their head is a trusted voice. But what he really doesn't want us to find out is how he goes underneath the radar because he's so aware of how our agency or our choices and our ability to choose that those things are connected to our thoughts and our feelings because we never will act or have a behavior in our life unless it's from a place of our thoughts and feelings. And so if he can kind of disrupt that little space there, it can really affect our lives. And so something that you'll find in the Like Dragons Did They Fight book is the satanic spin, which then goes into teaching about the chemical scale. So I would invite you to read chapters four and five of this Like Dragons Did They Fight book. And you can actually get a free ebook of this, but chapter four and five are so, every chapter is so great, but those two apply to this week's lesson and next week's lesson if you'd like to increase your understanding. And the reason that Maurice Harker, the author of this book, refers to it as a satanic spin is because he's totally teaching in that book about how Satan tries to influence this biochemical place where our chemistry changes and into our bloodstream and in our brain, the chemistry of our body changes as we have feelings. And because we naturally in our human experience can easily go to negative feelings and have to put a lot more thought and energy and discernment into spinning ourselves in a positive direction, we can just get caught in this cycle of always doubting or fearing or judging or complaining or criticizing or comparing, doing these things that we just do often throughout our day because we're not really aware that what's really happening is that the adversary is totally trying to decrease our ability to choose. This was so important to me and so exciting to me when I realized this because I was so liberated when I realized not every voice in my head was a trusted voice. And I was able to release so much shame and so much of the identity that I'd been putting on me because I could act one way outside of myself, but then I would feel my feelings and hear my thought. And I'd think, wow, I just sound like the meanest lady. Wow. I just sound like the most crazy judgmental girl. I don't sound Christ-like at all in my head. I sound kind of like a mean person who is always looking for 
what's wrong or always noticing what, what needs to be fixed about me and about all the things that I care about. And it was super difficult for me to shift to a place of just enjoying the mess. Like it was impossible for me to do that. But when I, when I realized the lesson that you learned in this week's lesson, that Heavenly Father's plan allows for messes. In fact, they're required. It's part of his plan for us to live messy. And if you're just joining, that's something that I do just to represent. It's okay to be a mess. And living messy is part of Heavenly Father's plan. I always come to this class looking like I look every morning at my house, brush my teeth, but here I am just, I didn't get all ready because I think it's so important for us to understand that there's so much going right when we can manage that space of our thoughts and our feelings and not let the adversary have more power than we want him to. Because what he's really trying to steal is our agency. He's still trying to prove that we don't deserve agency. And he can do that every day by being aware that Karen's thought about any circumstance in her life affect her feelings. And that's where she acts from that space. And then she gets whatever the result is after that. She, you know, and so I can notice a pattern of, wow, my life is such a mess. Wow. I just can never feel okay. I can't ever be okay. And so one of the things that you heard in this lesson was an example of me giving, giving you an example of this process happening in my own life. When I tell you the story of the jeans and the dryer and how strongly I felt that jeans are so much more important than a nice six-year-old boy and I lost it and that my feelings were so much more important than my husband who was trying to be respectful and save that that situation because he could tell she's lost her mind something is going on and then how I was so filled with shame and connected my identity to how I acted and behaved. And so much so that I was planning the result. I was planning that I, I'm no longer going to be the person who stays in this house and ruins this family. I need to leave. And that was years ago. And that six-year-old boy just had a birthday yesterday. And I think he just turned 34, if I'm correct. But anyway, it's such a great example of how if we're not aware of that biochemical space and what our thoughts and feelings do to us, we can really get lost. So I wanted to share a picture with you. Let's see. So we've heard the scripture, you know, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And our power lies in this space. Like this is our own my field, stay by the tree, number one spot to be managing. It's not just being aware that not every voice in my head is a trusted voice. It's being aware I need to pay attention to mood battles. That's what they are. Pay attention to human experience of a girl just leaning like gravity into noticing things that need to be fixed, noticing things that aren't going right, noticing things that I wish would change, noticing my feelings that I'm having that aren't just like flowers and cotton candy. I got to be noticing those things because otherwise I will not, my thoughts and my feelings won't allow me to act in an influential way from a place of love. I won't be able to stay in my business. I won't be able to influence 
somebody else in a loving way. And then the outcome that I have is always affected by the way I act. And if I want a positive outcome in my life, for me personally, I have to be able to look around at a stormy, messy, mortal experience, knowing that I can be in charge of my thoughts and my feelings and choose how I'm going to act with a more whole-brained head, or, but I can't choose how anybody else thinks, how anybody else feels, how anybody else acts, and what their outcome is. I can't choose any of that. And that makes us crazy. Oh my gosh, it makes us so crazy because we love things so much. And we want them to be okay. And we know that we have a lot of influence. And as moms, sometimes we can kind of misinterpret what it is to have a sound mind. We think that having a sound mind is everybody outside of us where we can't control that. All the messes that are around, a sound mind comes after all those stop being messy and all those get better. But really a sound mind, that's why we say stay by the tree. A sound mind is being able to remember who we are and whose we are, that we are here having this mortal experience, trying to keep this vertical view and understand that nothing horizontal around me is something that can save me and I can't save it. I can't save it, but I can so influence it. And that's why this lesson is so huge. Understanding there's a biochemical warfare that the adversary is completely aware of that he can use to steal the spirit from our lives and make it so that we have a decreased ability to choose the outcomes that we want because our actions come from a place of negative emotions. And that all starts in our thoughts and in our feelings. So it's so huge to just understand that if I want to be able to look at what's going on in my life, I have to also be able to understand it's going to look hard. It's going to feel stretchy and it's going to be messy. And I'm constantly going to be enticed to make a choice between every circumstance that I'm experiencing. I'm going to be making a choice between Will I act toward God and his love and his help and finding the spirit and feeling that? Or will I act toward this other direction that's so connected to my desire to make everybody, including myself, everybody just line up and do it right? Because if that isn't happening, my feelings are so huge. I can't handle how big my feelings get and how hard it is. So I'll either shut down sit down, be quiet, give up and let everybody just do what they want. Or I will boss everything around and make sure that everybody does what I think they should do. And so I really need to do both of the things from a place of influence. So here's the spin. The adversary has the ability and he's super aware of the fact that we have a feeling brain and a thinking brain that our amygdala or our midbrain can, is a place where we just do things from an, an automated place, but it's also the place where we do fight, flight, or freeze, and where we think most clearly aligned with our values and feel the spirit is in our frontal lobe. And so because of that, he knows if I can just get Karen to look at her life and feel her 
all this hard stuff about everything. And then her thoughts will start growing and her feeling, if I can get her to do that, she will leave her frontal lobe where she plans and creates and is influential and feels the spirit and can beckon from the tree. And she'll go into this zombie mode place where she really literally decides because her feelings are so strong that she's going to take action in a way that isn't from a place of love, but it's from a place of very strong feelings. And it will make complete sense that that's important and she should do it. So just understanding that the adversary has the ability to flash us or float a thought that's practically imperceptible to just get this cycle going. We, he knows that I don't have to stand by Karen all day long and say, and now do this and now notice that. And oh, wow, all I need to do is get this going. And her mortal experience, who she is as a human, uh, because I know her thoughts and her feelings are going to grow things. And I know that she has inside her brain something that says, where have I seen this before? So all I have to do is float a thought so that the chemistry in her bloodstream starts growing. And if she doesn't know how to set off an alarm and notice, hey, you're starting to do that gravelly thing again, where the spirit's starting to leave a little bit and you're forgetting why you care about stuff. You're starting to look at the messes and you're starting to feel a little freaky. And so what she's, what he's doing is he knows most human people do not even have an awareness of this space. And so all I have to do is keep them noticing you're super uncomfortable. This is super painful. This is not okay. If you don't do something to relieve this, then yeah, it's going to get worse. And you've got to stop this or you've got to start that. Something's got to happen. And so what happens is we have these thoughts that sound very logical and they actually come from all of our life experience because our brain, as soon as this cycle, this spin starts happening and this goes with anything in our life, this happens all day long, any, any circumstance, any situation we're having, we have thoughts about that. And then we have great positive feelings or really concerning this is hard feelings and if we don't know in that space the adversary is aware that we can be influenced to such a degree that he can steal a portion of our agency or even get us to the point where we're in such chains and bonds with so many flax and cords that we lose our ability to choose so this filing cabinet represents what the adversary knows Every time Karen has any kind of feeling, whether it's a good one or a bad one, her brain is going to be saying, I'm going to find some more evidence of that. I'm going to find more things that match that because I love to make sense of things. And I really like to support Karen's human experience because that's my job. So if I see something scary or hard or sad or that reminds me of something else, my brain will pull that right up as evidence. And this is why the adversary doesn't have to follow me around all day because what my brain finds to actually creates my very next flash, that's what it, it just creates it. And so if I don't know, I have to learn to interrupt this because this can go around 
in a split second and go around many times until my feelings are so strong that I can hear suggestions from the adversary that's kind of the temptation moment or the thought moment that says, you know what you should do? You should probably just yell now. You should probably just withdraw now and give up and just go do that thing that you do. Or you just think, fine, nobody really cares about what I'm saying or doing. I'm just gonna go and do something that helps me feel soothed. And usually for me, it's it looks like sugar and it looks like um, overeating. It looks like watching TV so I can numb myself. It looks like me withdrawing from people who I really need to connect to. And it might look different for you. But for me, that's kind of the things that I'll go to because my brain knows the thing that will help Karen feel better is these things that she does will help her. So not only does my brain suggest, hey, this is where you've felt this thought before. Here's more evidence of what's happening right now is something to be afraid of. What's happening right now is something that's not good. And this is where that's going to lead. But my brain also will suggest what I could do to relieve that pain. And so this is why this is so huge. I want you to look at this and consider what's really happening in this lesson. You're a miracle. Living messy is okay. What's really happening is the adversary knows Karen's going to have situations and circumstances throughout her whole day. And her brain is full of circumstances and situations and outcomes that have resulted in her life because of how other people have acted, how she's acted. And those things support what I have in mind in this biochemical place. And so it's so wonderful to know that this scripture kind of describes it in Mosiah chapter four, Verses three and four, it says, wherefore, because the Satan rebelled against me and sought to destroy the agency of man, to deceive and blind men, and to lead them captive at his will, even as many as would not hearken unto my voice. Really, literally, we're just applying the scripture to the biochemical warfare that the adversary can wage upon that little space of our thoughts and our feelings because he knows that's where we act from. We really are have an awareness that from Satan's rebellion and his role to bring so much misery into our life, it still is connected to his desire to steal our agency by deceiving and blinding us with really strong feelings and more thoughts, and more feelings that grow from that thought, and then lead us captive, like in a I'm stuck place, and I don't know how to let go of this, because our brain supports the process, and what's so cool is we get to say no, that's so fun, we get to say the word no, because we now know this is a mood battle, and the spin goes this gravity negative direction, or if I am an agent and choose, it goes in a positive direction as well. But I have to put some intention behind that and I get to say no. So this really, it's like 
letting go of the rope. It's like knowing, you know what? No, I know exactly what this is. It's okay if I'm a mess. It's okay if that's messy. I know under vertical plan, under Heavenly Father's plan, and with the Savior's help and the Holy Ghost Spirit to guide me, I can keep myself available, even in tricky spots, even though I have to try over and over during the day to be discerning and noticing what's happening because some things happen so severely and so loudly and so in such a terrifying way, like that just fell in my lap. Oh my gosh. We're going to have human experiences and responses that say, this is terrifying. Everybody run or that can't be on fire like that because it will burn up. And then they're not going to be in the chair in heaven. When we're all in heaven, we're going to miss somebody from our family. They're acting like that. That means that they won't be in their chair, their assigned chair when we get to heaven. That's not allowed. And that's my job. So we have to have such an awareness that the adversary understands the human experience. He's been watching us for thousands of years. And he literally in this battleground of our mind and our heart is oh, a psychological military genius. He's watched so many people and gotten so many people to do things from a place that is not what they want, not their values. And he knows that if we do this often enough, you can actually lose your ability to choose. So as a mom, this is so motivating because we can say, no, I'm going to let go of the rope because my goal today is not to be a pawn in Satan's plan. My goal today is to support God's work. And in order to do that, I have to do that from a place where I'm more whole-brained. I have to remember that my thoughts and my feelings matter and how I manage them, that matters even more. And me noticing how I'm feeling. And if I'm feeling miserable or feeling negative, like it's not worth it, then my thoughts are sounding like that. And that's what I can change first is right there, my thoughts and feelings. So I act from a place of love. And then even though it looks messy, and I'm having a human experience, and this is mortality, and it is kind of big, I still have a sound mind. So I wanted to share with you this awesome quote that I just thought was so amazing. I love and I would also invite you don't just read like right as if they fight four and five, you've got to go read look unto him in every thought by Joy D. Jones. It's a BYU speech, and it's all about this process. It's so cool. But this is a quote that she gave in that talk. She said, one of the great ironies in life is this. The one precious thing that Heavenly Father will never take from us is our agency. The very thing that we give away so freely to others. Letting others influence our decisions through their behavior can weaken our ability to use our agency correctly. In fact, it can happen so frequently that we are not even aware of what we are forfeiting. We are to look unto God in every thought and gain strength and faith as we use our agency in wise and meaningful ways. Despite the resulting challenges, spiritual change and strength are what we are all seeking. As our beloved prophet, President Russell M. Nelson has counseled, the wise use of your freedom to make your own decisions is crucial to your spiritual growth now and for eternity. Each day brings opportunity for decisions for eternity. This, this lesson leads into next week's lesson, which is about the chemical scale and giving us an ability to know 
this is how far I've gone down, down the rabbit hole. How can I interrupt this and what can I do about it? So anyway, I would just love to hear you sisters, any questions you have about anything would be great for you to share. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yes. Thanks. We did. Yep. And we are, we have a great question in the chat that maybe we can throw in right here while you're, you're thinking. And, and we have lots of moms put some things in the chat as far as why do I keep fighting? Why do I keep caring as a mom and a person? We've got some of those that we might can share towards the end. So here's a question. I'm just going to go ahead and ask it. I, she says, I struggle in the spin to really let go of my feelings that keep me in that spin. I'm somewhat aware of the cycle I am going through, but I think I try to convince myself I shouldn't feel that way. Instead of changing my feelings, I just push it down. Maybe you will cover this later, but any suggestions to help me let go of those feelings, let, let those feelings go so I can completely get out of the spin. Thank you for that question. Yeah, that is such a wise important question because really that's the key it's such a key to being successful with this is to understand that just we've been taught and trained or grown this belief in our lives that nice people don't feel bad feelings or think bad things but we do we have all the feelings we have are things heavenly father has given us but yeah if we can let go of our feelings the very first thing we have to do is embrace them. What? That doesn't make any sense. Like the very first thing we have to do is say, okay, if I resist feelings, they persist. If I buffer feelings, like say, I don't have any feelings. I'm feeling fine. How you doing? Just great. But really you're like, I want to kill people right now. Like you're really feeling like this is not okay. That's buffering. That's you saying you have no strong feelings. Everything's okay. Always okay. Also, judging feelings. Like I shouldn't feel this way. This is not what someone who's trying to be Christ-like feels or thinks like that. It's not okay. And so we judge it and we get full of shame and start blaming ourselves for no wonder you're such a mess or can't feel stuff because you're doing that in your feelings and your thoughts. The very first step is to recognize knowing how you're feeling is you. That's why we think that emotions will or feelings will or emotions chart. You can Google any of those terms and so many things will come up for you to print off. And literally it's just helping you identify your thoughts and identify your feelings and notice what other feelings you could feel instead. Like what's the opposite of this feeling? What could I be feeling instead? Because really it is a training or a practice or an intention that we have to do because for so many years we've been told, don't cry, don't yell, don't do that, don't have feelings and what kind of action they might take. And so we really have to learn how to emotionally be responsible for ourselves. And it is accepting I'm having these feelings. Those are very normal feelings, even though the thought from those feelings sounds like I would like to hurt you right now, or I would like to not be nice to you right now. That's real. But to just accept it as that is okay. It's as if you're telling your brain, um, like, it's okay, brain. I, I see this and I'll take care of it. I'll be in charge of it. And so then your brain thinks, Oh, you're going to be in charge of it. You're acknowledging you're going to do something good. And so it will stop looking for more and more and more 
scary things to hold you somewhere because you just said, I, I feel it. I feel the feeling. I know that's called fear or I know that's called disgust or I know, I know what that feeling is and I'm going to name it and notice that I'm having those feelings. And then I can consider what feeling could I have instead and go and find that feeling. So if you've ever heard of the tool in life-changing services of no, notice it, name it, flip it, find it, it's kind of the truth tool is kind of a feelings, a thought tool. And the notice it, name it, flip it, find it tool is kind of a feelings tool. And it, so it's us remembering these are my feelings and they're okay to have. So all an awareness of noticing I'm having feelings and they're okay. I accept my feelings because I'm the only person that can care for these feelings. And just like it's a little child that's having those feelings, it would be so important for us to nurture in a nurturing way, say, I'm right here. I'm going to take care of you while you're having those feelings. And you and I are going to be just fine because we're going to feel these feelings. We're going to decide what we're going to do with them. And we're going to calmly do that. And then we're going to choose something we'd rather feel. And we're going to go find that feeling by taking some action to go figure out how do I find that feeling? So notice it, notice the feeling, name the feeling, flip it, like just flip it right on its head. So that's why a feelings wheel is so useful because you can be over here feeling sad and you can look at the wheel across from it tells you the opposing feelings you could you could go find because usually when we're having feelings we're like I don't even know what I'm doing so it's a good thing to think this is a moon battle oh my goodness this is so cool I can totally say no this is how I let go of the rope I feel feelings that's what I do I feel these feelings if I can feel feelings then my brain stops setting off alarms and I can start doing something productive with these feelings and really be a great influence to people as well as care for myself I have a quick question. I'm just wondering, I had some issues with my son last night and you know, he's pretty much on lockdown per his choice. He doesn't have any, he has a phone, but there's nothing on it except for, you know, the basics and the computers locked down and it's his choice. And I, he's getting to an age where, I mean, he's, he'll be 18 within a year. And so much of me just wants to just say, you know what, son, I'm just ready for you to just figure this out on your own. Like I'll be here and love you and support you. But I almost feel like it's like, because he's so restricted that he takes any chance he can get to try to find something. And I, that's kind of just my feeling. I just don't know if that's real or not, or if I should, if it's irresponsible of me to just kind of let go. And, you know, like my teenage son needs a babysitter when I'm at home. Like I don't do anything because when I'm at home, when he's at home, I'm there with him. And, and like I said, this is all his choice. I'm not forcing any of this on him, but I just, I want to start pulling back and I just want to, you know, take that edge off of him where he's like feeling like this little kid with, and no one's home and there's a candy bowl there. And it's just like, and the mom never lets him have candy. And I don't know, it's just, just a feeling I have that I just want to pull back. And I'm just wondering your thoughts on that. What a great example of looking at a mess and (laughs) and having feelings about that right? Yeah. So, so brilliant. That is such an incredible question. Sisters, please, if you have things to add to this, I would really encourage you to share your experience and things you've noticed, but 
I think you're really wise and I think the spirit is leading you because your son is that old. There does come a, a point and I don't I think this makes me emotional because with all of my children, when they started adulting and getting to that place of adulting, even if they were in serious messes like you just described, where you just think, if I let them adult, the ship is going down. It's just gonna go down. The ship will sink. If I let them just do this, it's going to look horrible. And I'll feel so responsible for that. I'll feel so sad about that. Right. But you have some super healthy language and how you're describing this. So I don't think, I think you've worked through a lot of that stuff and that is a process, but a lot of it, especially when our kids get big, they really can't grow because I don't want anyone to misinterpret this. When my son was young and he really needed help, boy, did we just tried all the time to help help him and put up, you know, boundaries and, and to be there and to watch that, you know, that kind of stuff. But as he got older, it became very apparent to me, it's time for him to be 100% responsible for his muscles that he's growing in this spiritual battle he's facing. I can't, I can't, I can gradually like, you know, let go and let him do that. It's not like I'm just going to say, and now you're completely in charge. See ya. Good luck with those muscles. It's more of a, it's more of a, I love that you said it's your son's choice to have that kind of strict boundary. But a lot of that has to do with maybe him not being able to, or knowing about him not knowing about this space, caring for our feelings and our thoughts with the spiritual element in that, that that's part of us winning these battles to not go to the thing that calls us to soothe all our feelings or to get our fix to be okay for the next two hours. Do you know what I mean? That it can actually be something that we as women, we don't model how we care for our feelings and how that should be done. We don't teach that. Nobody ever taught us that, that we were supposed to emotionally regulate while we were having a life other than don't yell, don't cry, don't be rude, go to your room, tell you it can be nice, that kind of stuff. We need to really, that's something I would consider is having a heightened level of awareness, not just of compulsive behaviors, but how when we don't know how to heal the emotions behind compulsive behaviors, it's really hard to change them because we just want to go fix them with thing that makes us feel better. I just think you're being led because your boy's that big to be considering how can we do this different because he needs to be growing some pretty great muscles. And there's therapists and coaches and lots of things that can be helpful. But I will tell you, you're in the right place. Here at Mothers You Know, with this meeting and today, Maurice Harker, the director of Sons of Human, will be for a Q&A. This question would be so brilliant for that meeting as well. I just want you to know you're in the right place. And all of those questions and the journey of how to make that all happen can have a lot of support and feedback from lots of moms. Thanks for that question. But that's huge. Thanks for your honor. Great. I just had a comment about the last person's comment. I have like very little to no experience in this. So take that it worth a grain of salt. But from the way it sounded, her or your son is setting the boundary, but you're paying the price. That's what it sounded to me. Like you feel like you can't do anything at home. 
So it sounds like you're feeling like you have the responsibility of it. And so maybe you could even just say, I support you, but I still am going to do these things and let him feel the consequences of those things. Like he can't, you're not always available when he might need to do it. And that's okay. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's just what I heard as you were saying it, that you're feeling the burden and the the pressure to maintain that boundary. Yeah, that's super important. That's the muscles, right? The muscle of knowing how to try again and again and again to find your own personal borders to patrol your own little city and fortify that. It takes a lot of effort and practice to do that. So that was a really great insight. Thank you. I'm just going to add to that that I've noticed as I've stayed by my tree and let everyone in my world, like siblings, friends, that they're that stillness of them trying to swim looks really painful, but really they're doing better than you think. Or the time crunch that we see isn't God's crunch. So I'm like, oh, I should have done, I didn't. And as I pray, should I have done something? Did I miss my mark? He will tell me, nope. Or I'll feel calm or something will happen and I will get a tidbit of information that gives me peace. I've been wanting to reach out to my brother who I've been fighting with. And I'm like, I'm ready to repent. And I got this super of thought. And so I did it. And so I was, it's not fun. And I sat with that icky feeling and I prayed. I was like, I really don't like this icky feeling. And I ran into a friend who hangs out with my brother who was like, you know, I've been thinking. And she gave me all this wonderful information. But if I had gone looking for it in my own way, would have been devastating. And then another friend, she was helping her kiddo and I finally was like, I went to help, I think, and let her have a break. But as I was watching, I realized that her daughter was just also looking for how to breathe with that separation. They love each other. They're trying to get along. They're trying to fix their relationship, but they needed that space and they didn't know. And it's hard to, to do that without Heavenly Father's help. He's already helping and trying. So just to lean into that faith of staying staying by your tree and asking Heavenly Father, should I help? And he, I don't always get it right, but it helped me more times than it hasn't to stay out of that. I'm going to go ask this person because that gets into like almost the gossipy kind of thing where that information might not be God's will. That's my, to just trust that this process that he's swimming, he's breathing, he's doing okay. And he'll reach out and ask God if you should help or not. And be okay. Miranda, thank you. Sister, you got to see this. I just think, yeah. There's so much of a vertical interaction and power that can come into our life through our Savior, helping us to, to work through and experience and feel our feelings. Sometimes it's like, I can't feel them. I need you to help me and carry me while I feel these things. Like there's a lot of that going on. But her suggestion, I've been so impressed to be watching, leaning into the spiritual element that totally helps to care for this scientific process we've been talking about today. Stay by the tree, go through whatever it is you're going through from a place of how can I support your work? What is my role right here? Is there something I should be doing right now? And just trusting that once we say, all right, I'm going to stop running around like Karen used to, like everybody's going to just die if I don't know what to do about all this, you know, and be more calm. This quote is so awesome. From what you said, here we go. You know how on the church's website you can subscribe to things? Well, I subscribe to Come on Get Christ little email that you they put in your inbox every day. And this is the one that came this morning. And I thought, this is so brilliant for today's lesson. But literally, it refers to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17. And it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are 
passed away. Behold, all things are become new. We have the ability, even though we've been a mom like that for so long, or we've thought about things in our life like this and responded like that, we can become a new creature. And then this quote by Sherry Dew is so brilliant. This is what I thought of when I said that. It is possible to be happy when life is hard, to feel peace, uncertainty, and hope in the midst of cynicism. Oh, it's, uh, it says, is it? It's a question, not it is. Is it possible to be happy when life is hard, to feel peace and hope in the midst of cynicism? Is it possible to change or shake off old habits and become new again? Yes, the answer is yes, because of Jesus Christ, whose atonement ensures that we need not bear the burdens of mortality alone. And I think I would highlight that so loudly and hope that you'll be getting along this training that that's really such a key to us winning these biochemical battles, these mood battles, we're changing our behavior, the actions and the place we take those actions from into a new place. Okay. All right. There was part of that that stuck out to me yeah. because it made something come to my mind. It says one of life's great ironies in life is this, the one precious thing that Heavenly Father will ne never take from us is our agency. It's one thing that you mentioned before. When we do so much for them to help them to avoid whatever they are trying to avoid or to make changes and we don't allow them to do for themselves we're they're taking away their own agency in a sense of not relying on heavenly father and i've been feeling very strongly that the more i can bring the spirit into our home that's the one thing i can try to do and the more that i see my son seeking those things the more that i feel that he is strengthening and gaining the ability to overcome and it may be in little tiny steps but i feel that and it cannot happen if we are doing everything for them which like it says there that you know we're the ones that give away that agency. We're the ones that say, hey, you know, help me out and do this and that and for me. Well, you know what? Where's the point where you take the responsibility and you do for you? And sometimes that's not an easy thing to do because we want to, as mothers, be there and be that strength and be that person who can help them through that. We want to help them. But sometimes we need to stand back and let the Lord do what he does the best and that we rely on him more than we do ourselves. If anything's going to get him through it, it's going to be those spiritual things that's going to be our Heavenly Father. And they're going to fall short a lot over and over, but it's through those challenges and those struggles that they have that they will become strong. And sometimes I find it hard to be patient when I see their challenges and I know the things that they have the potential of and I want to push them along and I want it to be sooner rather than later yet I realize that it is important for him to go through those challenges and that it is going to be in the time when it needs to be and that if it takes if it takes years it takes years if it takes you know I, I hope and pray that it takes less but if it does it does and you know and then I think to myself what about the challenges I've had in my own life and how long it's taken me to get over some of those things you know and I've just had to work through it and seek the Lord. And as I've learned to seek the Lord more, the easier those things are to overcome. And it's sometimes a big struggle. 
but it's through making those mistakes and messing up and doing stupid things that we learn to grow. There's something that one of the ladies in our ward always says, she says, if we don't, if you always do what you've always done, then you always get what you always got. And I'm like, huh. You know, in other words, we need to make some changes to change. And I feel like one of the best things I can do as a mother is to provide the spiritual strength through the programs that we have in the church to encourage him to partake of those spiritual things that will help him to grow. And then when he has good experiences to help him to remember Remember that good experience. Remember how that affected you. And, you know, maybe encourage them to journal or whatever. That doesn't mean they're going to do it. I'm not real good about journaling. Journal, it's going to be verbally talking to my iPad and having to record what I say. I'm just not a good journaler. One thing I've done in my life is just do it on a calendar where I just write things, my thoughts or what I'm doing for the day and or letters but i know that it's through those struggles that the lord helps us and strengthens us and all i can do is is pretty much leave it in his hands and provide the strengths that i know will be the best thank you so much what a great way to end our meeting so good appreciate that so much one thing i heard in your beautiful comments was how much personal responsibility you have to take in order to allow those things to be happening with your son in a way that you're like, oh, wow, this is hard. The timing, you know, God's clock and his calendar is hard to watch. And my son and his very tiny moving forward stuff, it's hard to watch. But yeah, our lesson today has a lot to do with an awareness of what's going on and then taking personal responsibility for how we care for that space of our thoughts and our feelings and remembering that the Lord requires, requires our heart and a willing mind. And that's what that is. It's that the Savior is going to totally help us with that. But we do have to make a decision that we're going to follow, follow him, try to stay by the tree and get the help we need. But it doesn't mean we don't do a lot of hard work, a lot of hard work to do that. So thank you for that. All right, ladies, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for your such a beautiful meeting. Appreciate you. Thank you, DJ. Yeah, just a reminder that it, if you want to just to thank you also, Karen, for those thoughts and, and raising that awareness, it, it can be done. You know, we can sit in a room and notice a clock ticking that we never noticed before. And we can also notice thoughts that are shifting and acknowledge them and maybe say, that does hurt. That is different than what I planned. But we can, we can also, we can hang on. We can stick with the Savior and have him help us to see that a little bit differently, have, have more confidence and peace, even when it's messy. He provides that. And so I love that. Thanks for the, thanks for the lesson. Thanks so much, Karen. Thank you, ladies.